Um, the one other, well, the last, my last major dislike is, as I was saying, this is a mystery. It is a cozy mystery. We are not really trying to mm-hmm. guess who done it. And I'm totally fine with that. But I feel like the first half of the book really focused on Molly and her relationships and the themes. But mm-hmm. then the second half felt really rushed. And there were really, there were moments where it was kind of goofy. Like, like Mr. Preston makes a joke. He was like, I'd kill for some tea. Ho, ho, ho. And I'm like, what the hell? Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. But then there, but then he was like, but then his daughter was like, dad. And he's like, hey, Larry. I'm like, what is this? A, a goofy show now? Like, it's <laughs> like little stuff like that. This is some really dark stuff going on. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Novel Universe with your hosts, Dawn and Ashley. And today we are discussing and rating The Maid by Nita Prose. This is adult cozy mystery. I have never read a cozy mystery before, so this was interesting. And uh, per usual, if you are new here, it is not usual, but if you are new here, we will tell you what the book is about. We will do a spoiler-free edition where we'll say what we liked and what we didn't like. And then we will go into a spoiler edition and we will let you know when that begins so that you will not be spoiled. Our next book that we will be reading and discussing, not reading, discussing will be The House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. Yay! Which is book two in Crescent City, which I'm sure all of you are currently reading. And uh, yeah, we're excited about that one. But we're not talking about that today. We are talking about The Maid. And let's talk about what it's about. I am going to BS my way through this description because I don't feel like reading that long Goodreads description. So it is basically about Molly, Molly the Maid, who is unlike other girls, which that is what it says on the Goodreads description. She is a maid. Love it. And (laughs) I thought that was really funny. And one day while she is cleaning, a very wealthy, important uh, patron dies. And she may or may not be suspected as the killer. So like I said, it's kind of a cozy mystery, which means it is not a hardcore whodunit. It's kind of like, tuck you in at night. I don't, I don't know what cozy mystery is. I don't, <laughs> that don't sound right, but all right. <laughs> Did I miss anything? Ashley usually no. does the intro. You did an excellent job. Okay. My um, <laughs> humidifier is going off here. Okay. All right. Let's get Bye. to the rating. Ashley, what did you rate the maid? I actually rated it a 4.25. Wow. What did you rate Look at you. It? I gave it a three. Oh, man. Okay. I want to hear all the deets because my original rating was a four and then I finished it all of the way. And I was like, gasp. Gasp. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this with you though, but I have some interesting details to discuss with this book. Okay. I did a little bit of Googling. Um, so, you know, within this book, right. She is your typical raised in the olden ways girl. Like she is no longer living with her parents. Like she's just with her grandma and she has picked up some habitual habits from her grandmother because she knows no better because that is how she's raised. She's in this tiny little bubble. Um, and her grandmother always talks about um, filling up the Fabergé, right? Like putting money into the Fabergé. And I was like, is this like some Emily in Paris, like quote thing happening with the Fabergé? I was like, I didn't un understand what that was. So um, all of Molly the maid's life, her grandmother's life has been to work to pour money like into it and they'll be fine as long as they have this Fabergé or whatever. Her grandmother was also a housemaid. But I learned that a Fabergé egg is what this is in reference to. And the egg is like $33 million, okay? Like that's a lot of money yeah. just in general, you know? And so there is a particular part within this book that we hear about the Fabergé and then what happens to the Fabergé and how one is still putting money towards the Fabergé and all of that. So I want to just keep that in your brain because I had no idea what a Fabergé was, you know, and the, re the leading reason behind like a Fabergé egg um, is that each one is totally unique and no eggs were duplicated or given inspiration to the next egg. So just keep that in your mind as we're talking about this. Okay. But I thought it was good information. <laughs> I mean, I knew what a Fabergé egg was. Girl, just like, I did not. It's like basic. I knew yeah. that it's a very expensive egg. Yeah. Like it's a but, not a not a real egg, obviously. It's decoration, but yeah. Yeah, but like I didn't know what that actually meant because I've heard it referenced a few times and then like some of the older books that I've read and I'm like, Okay, but what is a Fabergé account? Like, what is that? I get it now. Oh, okay. But anyway, so we can go into things we did not like. Um, do you want to start or you want me to? I, I can start. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's see. Let me get my notes. Hopefully I don't rustle the microphone here. All right, so my first, and this is kind of a minor dislike, was I felt like the author spent most of her time developing Molly and not enough time developing the other characters. I felt like the rest of them were really flat. None of them were actually interesting. They were all pretty lackluster. Like, mm -hmm. like no one was even close to being as developed as Molly. Yeah, I would agree with you I think like the reason behind like my higher rating was not from the characters. I think it was from the actual story itself, because I agree the characters are just like one toned. Um, and then even when they have their, their coming of a, you know, age moment, it's like, is it really, is it really, you know, um, I actually didn't like how dumb Molly is. Like she's dumb. She's dumb. In well, she's retrospects, not all, not all, 
she's just like ill-informed okay she is ill-informed so much so that she leads such a sheltered life like someone who has never been out in society and she's out within society every single day yeah I think she's on the spectrum it's not really stated but I think she's autistic but it's okay. not said okay I don't mean offense <laughs> really don't so I was like oh you know. I think she's autistic I think that's why oh no I didn't even think about it that way I literally yeah. was just like oh my goodness like how are you not like how do you not realize what is happening like general common sense has somehow been left behind so yeah. that would make sense yeah that would make sense. I'm not sure why the author didn't like say yes definitely or no I, I'm pretty I'm, well I know what was on purpose but mm-hmm. I mean for the reason that you you didn't catch it maybe she should have but oh. yeah I mean oh. as someone who works with teens I'm a teen librarian as someone who works with teens all the time I kind of caught it immediately I was like and that's why I was like when she when the description and Goodreads says Molly is unlike other girls I that's why I thought it was funny because it was like well yeah she is unlike other girls it's kind of that you know everybody hates that she's unlike any girls everybody hates that shit um but when the author said it about Molly I thought it was kind of cute because she's on the spectrum at least that's what I think I was like did you garner this information from Goodreads like from other people's like testaments no um I think what what made me think so is just because she doesn't catch social cues often she doesn't know how to read facial expressions like she's missing something in in her development and it's and it's something that she can't help um it's okay yeah yeah cool that's shed a lot of light on things yeah (laughs) that change your enjoyment of the book now that you know maybe a little bit but not like maybe a four maybe a four because then because then I have questions though about how (laughs) things were carried out then like is that abuse is that abuse we'll talk see yeah and we'll talk about that exactly yeah yeah so what what uh, should I enjoy that no (laughs) no do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. so we're definitely going to talk about it. Things I did not like. Okay, there. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, one of the characters just in particular, we're just going to talk about Rodney. Rodney is Mr. Like Goody Two Shoes. Got everything going for him. Bartender. Got sleeves all rolled up. So I was like, hey, Molly girl, here's your newspapers for your rooms. It's fine. And she's like, oh, heart spoon. Like... <laughs> Every time I just like, I don't like characters like that. I mean, like Nina did a great job writing him because he literally was like the slimiest person ever. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't like him. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, did not like him. At first I kind of did because he was nice to Same. her. But Same. then after a while, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, 
Ugh. Like those those characters make my skin crawl because I just I don't like the whole like dominant male preying over the weak girl and her heartstrings. Like I don't like that. I have no. Mm-mm. Nope, nope. I'm not putting up with it. <laughs> okay, so my main dislike is the investigation aspect of the book. I am a big time enjoyer of true crime. And I don't mean NCIS. I mean like real shows about real detectives solving real murders. This book was crap as far as the investigation. And that is why my book, that's why I gave it a three is because the investigation part of the book is terrible. I feel like Mm -hmm. Nina, her name is not Nina, Nina, did not do her research on how detectives do their job. And I think that would have benefited considering this is a mystery. I don't care if it's cozy or not. You, If you're going to put a mystery in your book and detective work, then you probably should make sure you know how detectives work. Um, let me see if I can find an example here. It was actually like a 375. This book was until the very end. And we'll talk about that in the spoiler edition. But... Case in point, the detective. Detective Stark, what an idiot. Uh, She accused Molly of being this criminal mastermind. And I'm like, are you watching this woman's behavior? Can you not notice something is amiss here? And you think she is a criminal mastermind? Um, Let me see. Oh, oh, oh. So this is what this is how great of a detective she is. She says this is when Molly is being accused of murder. And it's not a spoiler because it's in the description. She says to Molly, you stole food from a cart. Murderer. Really? She stole uneaten food from a cart. What kind of detective are you? (laughs) Yeah, so that one was. She was was hungry. (laughs) She was hungry. Uh Um. Let me see. Oh, and the other thing was that the guy who was murdered, Mr. Black, is a high profile person. He is a very wealthy man. He is in the tabloids. Like this is a this is a he's not a celebrity, but he's an important man in town. And they didn't really seem to treat it like he was an important person. Mm-hmm. They were just like Ah, he's dead. We're not really going to do like, we're not going to really question his children who actually have motive to kill him or his first Mm -hmm. wife who has motive or his current wife, which is probably going to be the main suspect because she's the wife and she has a lot to gain from his death. We're not going to, we're not going to question those people. We are going to accuse the maid because she stole food from the cart. I couldn't, I couldn't get over it. I couldn't. So that's why it's a three guys. You you crack me up with your like true crimeness because like I can't ever watch true crime because it literally gives me like nightmares because it is so real. Yeah. Um and it's not like NCSI. Like I love NCSI. I'd watch it daily, <laughs> daily. Um, and I think because it was like a whole production thing, right. You know, and then when I have to agree with you though, with, with Stark and how they portrayed her as a detective, 
I'm like, you're dumb. Very you're, dumb. you're dumb for, um, and I'm saying this in the correct term. Okay. <laughs> you know, she, she did the whole like detective, like I'm going to back you into a corner and manipulate what actually happened to push blame on you to see if you're going to, you know, react in any capacity. And it's like, when you see this girl literally just go, I think you need a tissue like, or something like she has no blatant reaction. Right. Or she's thinking about like how squeaky the styrofoam cup is because she has like ADD about it being like a hundred percent clean. Right. You know, like I said, would also put her on spectrum. Oh my goodness. There are things all there's like revelations happening in my brain right now. Anyway, um, I have to agree with you though, with the other thing I didn't like is that I feel like, um, Mr. Black, you know, the, the deceased, if you will, like his lack of luster, like was just like blown out of his sails. Like he's supposed to be this big honcho boncho guy. And he's like left behind the scenes in a weird way. Not, not to be like pun intended, but it's like, I feel like that would have added more to the story if we would have had more of that instead of like this whole thing transpiring between, you know, her and Rodney and Juan Manuel and Chernobyl mm -hmm. and like all these other people that are just completely obsolete. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was another thing that I didn't, did not like about the book. Um, yeah, what about you? I'm sure you um, have more. Yeah. Oh, I do. Uh, the uh, the theme, which is invisibility, basically, that's like the major theme of the book, which I thought the theme was good. But I think the theme was forced. Um, Ashley and I, we are avid readers. We have been in like traditional book clubs. And so we know how to discuss a book. And when an author, when an author does what Nita Prose does, it kind of ruins the, the discussion aspect of a book discussion. So there were several moments where other characters would say, this makes me invisible. Or the author would say, she felt invisible because. And when you do that, I think it, it, it doesn't allow the reader to infer anything. You're basically telling the reader everything. If you don't do that, then in a book discussion, you could ask what other characters felt invisible. And but the author told us who felt invisible. So there's no discussion. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but there's no yeah. there's no fun in discussing. Well, Mrs. Black felt invisible or um, because, you know, he wasn't very nice to his wife or, you know, the grandma yeah. felt invisible. And I'm just making stuff up. But, you know. I, I don't like it when authors write on the nose like that because it kind of it just diminishes the criticalness of the book it could have been so much more critical if she had just not told us all the other characters that felt invisible yeah no I agree because that that was like my last final thing that I didn't like about this book was the fact that like we talked about the invisibility of Molly way too much and 
it lost its, you know, its weight within yeah. the book, which would have been for such a good discussion because there were so many quotes within the book that talks about like, um, you know, not feeling seen or wanting it to be so clean that everything is wiped away, like, like really good, powerful parts. And then it's like, but I yeah. feel like it, I feel like it was like one of those like surface things, like we're going to touch on it. You know, it is okay to talk about something as the theme of the book without saying anything or just dropping a one-liner for us to kind of just hold on to like, oh, there is some parallel, you know, characteristics here. Oh, and like, this is why. And I feel like that was kind of like one of those things where I just, you know, I was enjoying the book a lot. And then I like knocked it down a little bit. I'm a little bit softer than Don is on readings. <laughs> <laughs> you know so I was expecting like when I was doing my reading I'm like she's gonna be like I'm a three <laughs> and I was <laughs> she love how we can just call it out that's gonna be our next time for when we do ratings we're just gonna be like and yours is up <laughs> we used to try and guess sometimes we oh. we have done in the past where we try to guess what the other person thought <laughs> we need to be a little bit more feisty <laughs> Um, the one other, well, the last, my last major dislike is, as I was saying, this is a mystery. It is a cozy mystery. We are not really trying to Mm -hmm. guess who done it. And I'm totally fine with that. But I feel like the first half of the book really focused on Molly and her relationships and the themes, but Mm -hmm. the second half felt really rushed. And there were really, there were moments where it was kind of goofy, like, like Mr. Preston makes a joke. He was like, I'd kill for some tea. Ho, ho, ho. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> but then there, but then he was like, but then his daughter was like, dad. And he's like, hey, Larry. I'm like, what is this? A, a goofy show now? Like, it, <laughs> like little stuff like that. This is some really dark stuff going on. I think it was because, and I'm just going to put it out there. I think it was just because like, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a Lisa Jewel, like, you know, thriller mystery whodunit type of thing. And it was just like adding to the cattiness of everything. I don't know. Like it was like, I thought maybe because they mentioned, <laughs> they mentioned the show Columbo a lot. And yeah. I watch a lot of 80s and 90s like crime shows and Columbo's not one of them, unfortunately. But I'm wondering if maybe she was like, kind of like, you know, paying paying homage to Columbo. So maybe that's why maybe. I was a little goofy at points. I don't know. I don't watch Columbo. So, I mean, I watch I Matt Locke and Murder, She Wrote and I don't watch Columbo, but. I haven't either. I was, uh, that is one thing I did not Google. Um. I mean, I, I know, know. I, I like my mom loves Columbo. And so I know he like wears a trench coat and he's smarter than everybody else in the room. And he has it all figured out at the end and he is a little cheeky. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that was the tone of the end of the book when it was time to solve the murder. Mm-hmm. It was a little cheeky. I mean, I can forgive yeah. that, but it still bothered me. Yeah. In IMDb, it talks about on this show, however, viewers see the crime unfold at the beginning of most episodes, including who the perpetrator is. The mystery and the fun for viewers is trying to spot the clues. So I think like it was supposed to be funny. 
So at the beginning of Columbo, you already know who the killer is? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then you... Apparently. Oh. Apparently. Apparently. Okay. Like, you already know who the perpetrator is. Yet again, in this book, we knew who the perpetrator was. Did we? It was, like, within the first... Like, when I looked back on it, I was like, oh. And we'll talk about it because I need, I need we'll more info. Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Hence why um, I had a revelation. <laughs> do you have any nitpicks? I don't, but I will support all your nitpicking time. That you well, it's nitpicking time. <laughs> Last time it was nitpicking time with Ashley, and now it is nitpicking time with Dawn. I have a quiz for you, Ashley. Okay, Dawn. <laughs> where do you think? Where do you think this book is set? Uh, New York. Manhattan. Did it say New York? I don't know. I'm guessing. No. And that was a nitpick for me. I don't know where the hell this book is set. It does the not Regency, say. The Regency Hotel? Well, it doesn't say what city, what country. Okay. So I don't know if anybody else noticed, but I was like, okay. Because at first I thought it was New York too, because you think a very fancy big building. I don't know why we assume New York. Other countries have big fancy hotels too. I don't know why we just assume yeah, it's New but York. Like, but Molly the Maid made Manhattan. It's a movie. Like it's a whole thing. Okay. The okay. Regency, what city is the Regency Hotel? It says on Wikipedia, it's New York. But doesn't mean that there's a lot of there's a lot of hotels called the Regency. It doesn't mean it's New York. Anyway, this is why I say this. Okay. So I thought it was America because Juan is from Mexico and, you know, Mexicans immigrate to America. Okay. And then at one point, Giselle says, I'm from, and she says a city. She says Detroit. She goes, I'm from Detroit. And Americans know Detroit. We know, you know, the circumstances of Detroit. It's implied. When someone says they're from Detroit, you're like, ooh, girl, you know. It's implied. However, Molly references the queen. We don't, we don't do that here. We don't say, oh, I can't remember the exact quote, but she references the queen a couple times. And then she says at the very end, there were other things I can't think of them off the top of my head. But at the very end, Mr. Mr. Preston says, I could go for a cuppa. We don't say that here. So I was like, are we in England? I was so confused. But I was like, Juan would not immigrate to England. He would not cross another ocean. That doesn't no. make any sense. English people he don't know. Over. Yeah. English people don't know what Detroit is. If you are talking to an English person as an American, you would say, I'm from America. And I'm from a city called Detroit. You wouldn't say I'm from because um, British people, they don't know the implications of Detroit. They don't know what that means. So it was really confusing. Mm-hmm. However, the author is from Canada. So Canada, they use a dollar. They kept saying dollar, which I was like, there wouldn't be in in England. They wouldn't say dollar. They say pound. So I was like, okay, they say dollar in Canada. They would probably say cuppa. They are, I don't, they don't follow the monarchy. I mean, like the queen doesn't rule over them like they do in England. And she doesn't really rule in England either. You know what I mean? But they still 
are more familiar with the queen than Americans are. I think she's part of their country somehow. So that would make sense for them to reference the queen. And I could see Juan crossing over to Canada. Like it's not that hard to go from America to Canada. And Canadians would know what Detroit is because Detroit Mm -hmm. is on the border of Canada. So I think it's set in, I don't think it's set anywhere. I think it's just a city. I'm pretty sure it was intentional for her to not say a city. Mm -hmm. But as for someone like me, I like to know where I am. Yeah. And it's not, go ahead. I know. I I think it's a valid point. However, I think that it was sent in at New York, but that's just because like the main regency is in New York city. Um, So when I think about that, I think about, you know, there, but, but if our author is Canadian, like Canadians do say kappa, I just Googled it. You can say kappa or what does kappa mean? You know, like a bunch of like, you know, something like that. And it would be close. It could be, it could be in Canada. Yeah. I know America, but I don't know if it's set in New York, then her editor did her a disservice because like I said, we don't say kappa here. And I remember what it is. Molly said, keep calm and carry on. We don't say that here. That's a British term. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I, know, I think, I think that it was intentionally ambiguous. Yeah. Because. I yeah, that was weird. Okay. Um, my other nitpick was that. Uh. I feel like my, and I can't really go into it because of spoilers, but I think there were times where Molly is uneven. I feel like there were moments where, and at the very end, especially when she met up with, I won't say, anyway, we'll talk about it in the spoiler edition, but I just felt like her writing was not even. Something was a little off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and which is interesting as well like I, I I know what you're talking about and why you would say that because I was like so oh that changes things you know like it definitely made me think about a lot of things with that so mm-hmm. I'm not, that was just a whole tangent there it's fine <laughs> let's move into the things that we liked so I really did like the metaphors that prose used for like cleanliness and like being clean and like how it related to Molly's life. Like I thought that that was like, it was good and it was bad because it was like too much at some times, but I also like really enjoyed it because it wasn't just like something she mentioned right at the beginning. It was a fluid characteristic that she had. Um, within everything like she was like in her home she was like that outside with other people like and at work like so it wasn't just like this facade that she put on with worrying about people scuffing dirt on the floors and why can't they just choose with their mouth closed and you know the difference between having an elegant teacup versus a styrofoam cup and like that whole thing maybe it isn't England or Canada they had tea. Well, a lot of Americans like tea. So I wasn't really... down for a cup of... <laughs> exactly. Don't say that. <laughs> okay, your turn. I agree. That was my first thing. Like, it, this author was very detailed in how she cleaned. Like, she described 
how this woman cleaned floors and make beds. And it didn't bother me because I felt like that was a really great way for us to get to know who Molly was. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said in the dislike section where she was, I won't call her overdeveloped. I would say she was developed really well, whereas everybody else was mm-hmm. not so much. Uh, but I did like how she really did take the time to describe everything Molly did and her thought process because it really made us get into this girl's mind. So I did, I did like mm-hmm. that part. Awesome. All right. Um, I really liked Gran as a character, even though Gran is deceased. Um, but the fact that like her Gran just like held a very special part in her heart, um, which is very interesting to me because she seems like a deep thinker, but yet not a deep thinker at the same time, our character Molly. Um, because her gran would say to her over and over again, dear girl, do not fret yourself into a tizzy. Life has a way of shorting, of sorting itself out like over and over again. And like when she'd have these like deep pivotal like moments in her own mind. And then it's like stuff would happen. And I'm like, how do you not know? <laughs> you know, cause it like, it seemed as though she was like an old soul, but a smart old soul. So anyway, I liked the quotes that her grand left her with. Your turn. <laughs> okay. I did like the themes of the book. We talked about invisibility. Uh, there was a lot of loneliness here too, uh, especially with Molly after her, her grand died. She was incredibly lonely and she said so. And I did like that theme. I like the theme of found family. So there were, there were, there were a lot of good themes going on here, which makes for a good discussion. If she hadn't written so on the nose, it would have been better. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I really liked this whole talk about like, as we learn, like what happens in the murder and all of that stuff unfolds the mystery itself. There's a part where Molly talks about, you know, her fear of speaking because she was trying to be careful about her, her words. And I thought that that was so important because how many times do we, as people just like spout off what you know, comes to mind versus like really mulling over what we're thinking about and how we're going to say that and how that affects everything else that's happening. Um, So I really liked that. That was towards the end of the book, this careful of speech, because she wasn't sure how people were going to take her and perceive her words. Um, I thought that was good. Um, This is kind of stupid, but I liked I liked the Olive Garden part of it. I, I like that she liked the Olive Garden and she got the tour of Italy because I get the tour of Italy when I go. And she was just like, oh, this is where we go for special occasions. And I don't know. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, there was a there was a special uh, memento in Olive Garden, if you will. They talked about the soup salad and breadsticks. And I was like, yes. How do you not not get breadsticks when you yeah. go to Olive Garden? It is a thing. <laughs> Um, so this is also kind of like a silly one, but I really liked Mr. Preston. Mr. Preston just reminded me of like the stand-in grandpa, the stand-in grandpa Mm -hmm. that's just there watching out for you because he genuinely like 
believes in you as a person and cares about your well-being and the fact that it was just I don't know everybody needs Mr. Preston in their life everybody does mm-hmm. agree mm-hmm. <laughs> those are all my likes I didn't have any yeah um my last like is kind of a spoiler so I'm just gonna save it because yeah it's definitely a spoiler okay. I can't not talk about that spoiling so yeah well that is the end of our non-spoiler discussion of the maid I need a prose. If you haven't checked it out, I think you should check it out. And all of you true crime fans out there, make Dawn feel like she's not the only one in her corner and read this book and talk to her about it. (laughs) If you are not like a person that watches like the first 48 or um, the ID channel, then you would like it. But if you are really a person who like pays attention to like detective work, you're going okay disclaimer Ashley's at a public library in a teen room so if you hear voices behind her that's what that is um but yeah if you are really Sorry. into true crime then you know just you've been warned 100 percent. so all right well we are going to spoil the maid for you in I can't do it hold on five, <laughs> five four Three, two, one. Well, let's just get into it, shall we? Okay. Um, let's go for it. So I guess I wanted to ask, what were your thoughts on that whole first part of the book? Right. So she gets basically questioned as a suspect, but mm-hmm. then is taken off the list, but then put back on the list. Tell me your thoughts. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know my thoughts without like us talking about something specific. Like, are we going to talk about who killed her? Who killed Mr. Black? Or I I just felt like it was part of the book. Part of the pacing, part of the pacing of the book. Like, obviously his wife should have been the first suspect considering that that's usually how it goes but I think I think Molly kind of maybe deflected suspicion off of her yeah because she felt like she was her friend um Mm -hmm. and then the whole detective Stark well she got accused because of Chernobyl and Rodney like they kind of set her up so so I guess I wanted to ask you, like, what were your thoughts on um, her relationship with Giselle, right? Like, that's a very deep-rooted relationship that they have. And it's like Giselle has literally um, been on the receiving end of Mr. Black's, like, hand, if you will. And Molly has witnessed it and been a key witness in that. So I guess I... I didn't see the, their relationship kind of going sour. And I say that because there's a moment where Giselle goes to um, Molly's house in like deep desperation as like a friend would, right? And is like, hey, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, I know I didn't kill him, but I need to get out of here. Like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like, I've been trapped poorly. No one accepts me. 
yada, yada, yada. I wanted to, and I was curious what your thoughts were on their relationship. Um, I think that Giselle was kind of an unreliable friend, if you will, an unreliable friend slash character because she seems like she is her friend and is authentically her friend. But then she asked her to get the gun. But then later you find out it's because she was trying to get the hell up out of there because she knew she was going to get accused and she was just trying to go to the Caymans. Um, but then we find out that when Molly was going on a date with Rodney, she was also dating Rodney and didn't tell just or didn't tell Molly, hey, you know, that was weird that she wouldn't tell her I'm kind of dating Rodney or don't date Rodney or something. She that was so then that puts suspicion back on her. Yeah. And then when the detective accuses her, it puts suspicion back on Giselle again. But then at the end, we find out that she didn't mean her any harm, which I was very glad because she did have an actual friend. I was very glad that Giselle wasn't a bad Mm -hmm. person for Molly's sake because she's just been taken advantage of so many times. I just I couldn't take another person taking advantage of this girl. Uh, So in the end, I, I thought that I thought the way Giselle was written was effective. Um. Was it compelling? No, but it was effective. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I was like, I was really proud of that moment where we learned Giselle's like true intentions towards Molly. And it was like, she really just did not want her to be accused in any capacity, you know, and went so far as to like, you know what, I'm turning myself in. I will say I knew about, you know, Rodney's intentions, yada, 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 with this whole underground drug thing that was happening in this hotel. I mean, hello. It's like the perfect place for stuff like that to happen. <laughs> I <laughs> like hotels are do, like, that's like just a notorious place for something like that. Um, and to get maids to clean it up. I mean, hello. <laughs> Um, but I really liked that ending part as well, just because it showed to me Giselle's, Giselle, Giselle's true character, um, that she really meant no harm towards Molly, even though she is, um, having a running track with bad men, (laughs) if you will, in her life. So I really liked that. Um, let's talk about like, her other coworker, Chernobyl, just so you know, I love that name. I love how everybody talked about this like evil <laughs> headmaid of the hotel who was just like stealing people's tips and trying to better themselves and all this other stuff. I really liked that little name of a character. Um, let's see. I felt like I... I didn't see the whole Juan Manuel background time tying in. And I don't know if it was just like, I, I missed it or I had a pre-assumption that he was going to be involved in the murder somehow. Um, And it turns out that he wasn't, he was actually a pawn in the scheme of Rodney and working with Mr. Black and all this other stuff and was being abused and taken advantage of the same exact way and all of that. And I was like, oh my goodness, like you're not just, you know, doing something just because you're making that bad choice in your life. You're actually being held against your will to do something like that. 
Um, I really liked him. Let's talk about the whole Rodney thing. I knew Rodney was behind half this crap from the beginning. Oh, yeah. He just screams. He just screams the person of interest <laughs> because he's like saying one thing and oh, only come and talk to me. That was like a key line right there. Only come and talk to me when you figure it out. Come to me and tell me everything. Oh, yeah. He was set up to be um, a bad guy because when she found him at the, well, that was kind of middle of the book when she kind of walked into their drug stuff that was in the middle of the book. But you could immediately tell. At first, I didn't think so. At first, I thought he was just like, oh, this poor girl thinks that, you know, I really like her. Because she she said that they went on a date and they didn't. He was just trying to get info. I was like, oh, poor thing. At first, I thought he was being nice and just, you know, not yeah. being mean to her and letting her like saying, hey, hey, homegirl, I'm not trying to kick it with you like that. But then we learn he was using her. Her. What's the right word to say? Well, he clearly knew that she was autistic or something. He knew something was mm-hmm. was she was different than other girls he knew that and he took yeah. advantage of her and then I think because we've known that he took advantage of her we were afraid that everybody was so Juan Giselle and so when we found out that those two weren't it was like whew, there are some good people in the world and Rodney's <laughs> oh my goodness yeah I just I like so the part where she busts you know, Rodney and basically the the henchmen, I'm just going to call them the henchmen. They didn't have any names, but they're going to be henchmen, you know, within the room. And Juan is like deer in headlights and fearful at the same time. And I'm like, you know, that just, that just led to that whole moment where I was like, how does she not see that something like bad is happening? Like, wouldn't you have like an inner, you know, force telling you hey this isn't a normal setup <laughs> and the bag she was so she was so good with her job by just respecting people's privacy and like <laughs> she didn't look in the she wasn't a nose I know she didn't look in the she, bag like how do you not look in the bag she just blindly like was led to the slaughter man she was blindly led um, just true faith in people's character. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Well, I think so it was insane. set up pretty well that she trusts a, a lot of people. She just trusts people. And sometimes it's that's not great. And she she realized that. I think that I think that's what that was. She just trusted everybody who was nice to her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's talk about um, the big, you know, elephant in the... Well, well, before we get to that, before we talk about the big elephant in the room, I want to talk about the detective. I want to go go a little bit more into how dumb she was. Okay, so, (laughs) yeah. So, and this is why I gave it a three, because she, she thinks that Molly is some kind of criminal drug mastermind. And I'm like, clearly this woman is on the spectrum. How do you not see that? And I'm not saying that she's not capable of doing that. If she's autistic, she is. But it's like, it would have to give you some pause. 
And yes, then 100%. if Molly was such a huge mastermind, why would she go and pawn his ring? Why would you pawn a dead man's ring? That is not mm-hmm. something a mastermind would do. No. No. And it, no. it just, I was just like, girl, no. <laughs> yeah. And she had that moment of weakness to pawn off the ring that she found after all of their belongings were taken, like, out and of that, that was, room. That was one of the that was one of the places where I felt like her character was uneven. I felt like mm-hmm. she, it was just out of the blue that she was just like jackpot. I'm gonna go pawn this ring. I don't know. Like she had these moments of like extreme, like she knew what to do. Like she did what she had to do. Like. Uh, I got to pay my rent on time. There's a ring left here. The person's dead. They no longer exist. Um, and could care less. And all the other belongings are gone. So of course I'm going to go and pay my bills with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought of another thing going back. I, I know I just keep like going back to the whole setting thing, but she ate crumpets. What? We don't eat crumpets. We eat English muffins. Sorry. I had to. Sorry. Oh man. Maybe we're in a, we are in a whole different area. Um, but yeah, I didn't like how the detective scene went with um, with her and Stark because I just feel like she just was not good at her job. Like she was not a good detective. To you're you're going to completely rule out the wife. You're going to completely rule out this other guy who has had warrants out for his like arrest before has been charged with x y and z you're gonna rule out those people but you're gonna frame the maid yeah okay because they said the mastermind okay you go and take her out of her house and her first words are you are to you can i change my clothes this is indecent for me to wear outside no one says that when they're getting arrested they literally I say that as though I've experienced, but <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, like there's just there were some things that just were not lining up as to like, like you are really just framing the wrong person here. You're not making the cops look very good. Or the constables for that matter. Should maybe we should call them constables. Well, she was called the um, Right. I do like that um, you know, when push came to shove, her <laughs> I literally thought to myself, do you want to phone a friend? <laughs> we here to phone a friend from who wants to be a millionaire. You take your one call. Your friend. Oh, she, yeah. calls, she calls Mr. Preston and is like, I'm in trouble. You know, I'm, I am in trouble. And it's like, okay, you've been like the worst person for communication, not knowing how to read people, how to talk to them or whatever, but yet you know how to stay when you're in trouble. Um, and that you need help from the one person who has shown you kindness in this world. Um, because the elder one has been a lying sack of beans. So that's fine. Um, so I really liked the fact that Charlotte just goes in. She goes, <clears throat> you ain't, you ain't got to say nothing. My daddy's paying the bill. Don't worry. We have money. You need to just be quiet because we know that you are in some sort of weird pickle. And I was like, oh, you know, so, but that whole thing and them trying to, you know, talk to her in her own way of understanding, I thought was so important because obviously Mr. Preston had an idea as to like what was going on with Molly and 
just that she wasn't like other girls. They said that a few times in the book, which should have been a key thing. Ashley just missed it. Um, you know, and the fact that they like, can, they schemed this whole entire plan to set up the guy who was running the whole operation. Goofy. I'm like, what? How do we all know all of our aces here? Like, we just know that it's going to work. It's going to be fine. If everyone does it correctly, you know, then we're paying attention to detail about the fact that Mr. Preston's wearing gloves and he never wears gloves except on special occasions. So his fingerprints don't get all over the card to give it to you to then give to Rod. <laughs> that whole thing. That's what I was um, like, unless this must have come out of Colombo because I, this that was yeah. goof troop. Yeah. I also liked that there was a reference to the penguins. <laughs> they referenced the reception people as penguins <laughs> mulling about quite a bit. And I thought that that was hilarious. Okay. Did you miss that part? Obs, you did. It's fine. Um, okay. Let's talk about, do you, are you ready to talk about the big thing? Yeah. All right. So, well, there's two, there's like the big reveal and then there's what happened after that. Um, so the big reveal with what happened to her grandmother. Can we just talk about that? Okay. So, yeah. So, okay. So have you seen the usual suspects? No, no. Okay. Well, for those of you who have there, uh, there's a character called Kaiser Soze. And the when the book began, I was like, is she Kaiser Sose? Because anyway, well, if you haven't seen Usual Suspects, that's on you. That movie came out in 92. I'm going to spoil it, whatever. So the main guy that they are interviewing, he is he comes across as like on spectrum, but he's actually mm-hmm. the mastermind. He is not on the spectrum. He is like fully aware of everything and he's Kaiser Soze the big criminal mastermind and I was like is she Kaiser Soze and so when the whole thing happened with Gran and how she smothered her with a pillow I was like she is Kaiser Soze (laughs) girl that moment I was like she killed her she she killed her she killed her because that was the plan they talked about the plan what and like there was this whole big thing that it went into about um the fact that they that her grand wanted to make the choice not to suffer anymore and it wanted it to be her own choice to go mm-hmm. and she wanted to be in charge of her own fate and I thought that that was such a big big moment that's why I gave it the rating that I did because I thought that that was so important like there's so many not the smothering but the like taking your life and your own fate into your own hands to know when it is your time or whatever, like was just like, uh, I don't know if I could do that. I don't think I like that idea. But yeah. that is a big decision to make to take your life at your own appointed time. And the pill thing, I was like, so did that make it like her breathing a like like she induced was induced with drugs to make it not as painful. I don't know. Cause she like had, she took the last four pills in her tea 
Mm. And she was like telling her grand, like, don't do it, don't do it. And she's like, no, 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 it's time. It's okay. time. It's time. And I was like, what, what are these last four pills? What does this mean? Like, I don't like, I literally reread it like three times. I was like, she freaking killed her with the pillow. Cause I was like wondering why this freaking serenity pillow kept getting like brought back up over and over and over again within the book. And I was like, is it hiding something? Is that where the Fabergé egg is? Like inside of the pillow? Like this is how my brain was working. No, just the murder weapon. I, I thought that, I thought that it was an interesting choice to make her smother her grand because then that kind of makes Molly a suspect because Mr. Black was smothered and there was a missing pillow. So I was like, hmm. That's why I was like, she is Kaiser Sose. I was like, that was an interesting choice to put that there. I felt like maybe yeah. she could have she put it earlier in the book, but I mean, it, yeah. it was fine. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't either. I mean, I thought it added to like because I thought it added to Molly's reaction to finding Mr. Black. There was this like dead shock that kind of goes over and it's like a panic state. It's I don't know what's happening right now, but I know that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. But I am just going to coast through it like she had done it before. That's what I got like what I gathered from that first moment was like she has seen death before, but I didn't know how, because I'm like, how are you going to kill your grandma? What? You know? Um, so then when we find out that she actually remembered fully who was in the room with her when she found Mr. Black and like anytime they talked about the hands, like covering the pillow or whatever, like when she was having the remembrances of it, they never were man's hands. That was something that I like picked up on. I was like, it was not a man. And so it made me think it was a woman. Okay. But I did not realize that it was going to be Mrs. Black herself, the first Mrs. Black, you know? And yeah. then yet again, the whole concept of fate. And sometimes you just have to make your own fate and make the choices for yourself as to what's going to happen in your life because bad things happen and you can choose to you know, prevail against all is basically what she was telling her. Like, I didn't actually mean to hurt him, but he made his choice. (laughs) Okay. That's what I got from that. Well, okay. So when Molly first comes upon Mr. Black and she sees someone in the room, I'm trying to remember. Uh Oh, um, does she see the pillow? She sees the pillow too, right? Okay. And then she faints. So I think I kind of like that because I think she went back to having to smother her brand. She sees this pillow. This man is dead and she faints. And then she remembers at the trial because I think she has like, she's, she's come to terms with her with the death of her grand she's not lonely anymore she's got real friends and so now she can let it go and deal with it and so that's when she remembers so i did like that part of it um what i did not like and this is the true crime dawn coming out a real detective would have looked at the security footage 
that's the first thing you do. Why is Mrs. Black coming out of the hotel at the time of death and not Rodney? Adoy. I'm sorry. I cannot get over that. Why did no one look at the security footage? And then problem number two, they framed a man for murder and he did not commit murder. Yes, he was a douchebag. Yes, he was involved in drugs. But murder is something different. I don't think I like that they framed a man for murder and he didn't do it. I don't think I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little twisted for me. The fact that um, no one claimed, you know, the claim of murder, if you will. Like the actual person that did it was not actually caught. Somehow both those women got out scotch-free. One's living it up in the Cayman Islands and the other one's off just, you know, living their heiress life and it's fine. And it's like... I want to know what triggers that to be okay, because, you know, um, Molly makes a decision to, you know, go against the grain and the plan and to get Giselle out. How you, what? So you were smart enough to literally go and tell her he left the deed for you. I saw it in his breast pocket. Like she is a woman of detail, of detail. So for her to lack detail in her description as to what happened to Mr. Black is like key number one. She doesn't miss a detail. She's all about detail. You know what I mean? So it's like that part right there. I was like, maybe she is. I don't know. I actually enjoyed the fluff, the fluff mystery snuggle in bed type of thing. I enjoyed it. You like that fluffy duffy stuff. Like, it's not true crime. If you want true crime, we could give you some true crimes um, <laughs> for you to read. <laughs> or even more yeah. of a mystery, if you will. Um, this was more of, I didn't see her killing her grand and I didn't see Mrs. Black being the one that actually did it. So, no. yeah. But that's all I got for you. Yeah. Um... That's, yeah, those were the two biggies as far as spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I really, I I wanted to like this book. I was liking it until the detective came into the story. And it it just, it's, it just, it was just slowly going downhill for me once the detective got in there. Uh, Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> well guys that concludes our discussion of the, the maid by Anita Prose and we hope to see you in two weeks if Don and I can complete the giant massive mass book mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see we'll all right see. That's our plan anyway. But yep. thank you for joining us. And if you um, don't subscribe to our channel, subscribe so you know when we have a new episode that comes out. And we sometimes post to YouTube when we feel like it. <laughs> but until next time, we'll catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.